Welcome to the Winter Kids Downhill 24 10th Anniversary Podcast, proudly presented by Swenson and Company. We'll tell you everything you need to know about the 10th Annual Downhill 24, including who we're raising money for, fundraising tips, event details, and so much more. We're going for $1 million, and we can't do it without you. So grab your notebook and listen up, because it's time to get busy. Remember, it's for the kids. The kids! The Winter Kids 10th Annual Downhill 24 is proudly presented by Agrin. And welcome back to the Winter Kids 10th Annual Downhill 24 podcast. Every time I say it, I'm like, am I saying all the words? I am your co-host, Mary Teresa Tringali, and I am with the one, the only... Julie Mulkern. Welcome to episode nine. This episode is all about tips for rallying your team. Now, I highly recommend listening fully to this episode because our guests are experts at this. We have Eric Vogel, who is the owner of Ace Painting, also the Beach Party sponsor of the Downhill 24. Chad Creelman, who is on one of four WEX teams and is very competitive by nature. And also special guest Cole Francis, who holds the title uh, um, as the highest fundraiser under the age of 18. And he is an incredible, in my mind, in many people's mind, incredible role model for other kids in the event. And he is um, holds a very special place in my heart at Winter Kids. So this episode is really... Same, same. Yeah. I just want to make sure it's clear. Same. Yes. Um, we love you, Cole. So I just, it was really fun. Um, we did, I want the listeners to know, we had to record Cole separately from um, Eric and Chad. And our conversation with Eric and Chad was very interesting. I do remember recording this, listening to people stomping above me because I was trying to trap myself in a basement so that we could record a podcast while my children were home. That is life in a pandemic, number one. Number two, it was really fun to listen to because um, what ended up happening during this episode is Chad and um, Eric actually ended up learning a lot from each other as team captains. Um, they are both team captains and they learned a lot from each other in sort of tools of the trade and how to rally your team. And actually Eric wrote to Mary and I after this episode and said, wow, I filled a whole notebook because I learned so much from Chad about being an expert <laughs> fundraiser. So Chad, kudos to you. It was really fun. And they, um, they both also bring a really fun competitive spirit to the event and know how to strategically build your team, help your team fundraise, and help, help your team, most importantly, have a really great time when you're at the event. So this, this yeah. was a fun episode to record. Yeah, and just my introduction to Chad. So Chad's been, in, I, he's been involved longer than I've been involved, but I remember that first, I think it was my first or second year, he was in fourth place as the fourth highest individual fundraiser, and I would send him separate emails saying, dude, you're like only $500 behind this whoever is in third place, just go get some more money, man. And he's like, oh, I've, I got no more. I got nobody else to ask at this point. So it's been fun to watch him kind of be super competitive um, along the way and be really serious about making sure he has a team full of people who also want to win like he does. I remember in this episode, he was really, um, I love the way that he laid out, which in, in my world, you know, having been in the nonprofit world for 20 plus years and in development, particularly in fundraising, um, he really gets it in terms of um, sort of 
dissecting his list and knowing his audience and knowing who would be, um, he knows what information people want to hear based on how they support an event or how they support an organization. He's really good at that. And I'm not saying everyone has to get that detailed in terms of how they ask for money. But at the end of the day, regardless of what he does, he knows that if you don't ask, you'll never know. And so it's really important just to ask because the worst that can happen is no. Um, all that said, of course, and I'm biased as the executive director of Winter Kids, but it is very easy to give money to an organization like this, knowing what it's supporting and the kids that we're serving, obviously. Amen. Mm -hmm. I agree. And so this is a really great episode for anybody to listen to if you want some advice on how to a, Julie already said it, but I'm just going to reiterate, to rally your teams, to get them all on the same page so that everybody's super excited about it, of ways to get fundraising going, not just for yourself, but for your teammates as well, and how to just have a really good time. I will say that out of all the episodes, sorry to every, no offense to anybody else, but this was the most fun for me to record, I thought. They, we just had a really good time recording it. They were super fun, and I too learned a lot from from them as well. We were all a little, um, I think that day, a little frazzled based on, you know, where we were, um, you know, in life that day. And we just had a lot of fun yeah. with it. You're right. And they, it was, um, we recorded it over the week between Christmas and new year's. So if you can imagine everybody who has kids had kids in the house and they all had to be quiet. So, <laughs> and we were all, so anyway, it was a really fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. Everybody should listen to this episode. Yep. One last thing, you know, my classic line, just, um, to circle back to Cole Francis, just for a minute. Um, yes, he's one of our favorite winter kids, um, and participants, but I also want to say he's definitely had, was passed the torch from his dad, Chad Francis, who participated in the first couple years at Sugarloaf. And he, Chad was our either second or third highest individual fundraiser, uh, third, uh, he got the bronze boot, um, when he participated and he certainly, um, Chad and his wife, Michelle and their whole family and their community, they are models in their community for what it means to give back. And they're certainly instilling that in Cole and he's, he's definitely one of my favorites. So enjoy this episode. Definitely a great episode. Also for those who are younger or who are parents who are like, how are my kids going to fundraise? Cole is a perfect example of how to go for it. So, all right, enjoy this episode. I hope you have as much fun listening to it as we had recording it. Enjoy. And welcome back to another edition of the Downhill 24 podcast. I'm Mary Teresa. Hi, Julie. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Really excited for this episode. I'm excited too. And now we have snow on the ground. So it's truly winter. Got through the holidays into the new year. By the time people listen to this, it'll be, we'll be well into January and um, well on our way to the 10th annual Downhill 24. How exciting. So today we have some special guests and I do wish that this recording um, if people could see them today because they do look lovely in their Downhill 24 swag. So thank you for really coming with enthusiasm. Um, today we have Eric Vogel, who is the CEO and president of Ace Painting. And we also have Chad Creelman, who is the team captain of one of the four um, illustrious WEX teams. So welcome to both of you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. And today um, for this episode, we're talking all about um, what it means to be a team captain at the Downhill 24, um, how you rally your team, 
make it really a team effort to raise money for the event because that, after all, is the key to the event. It's lots of fun and lots of other things, but first and foremost, we're raising money for Maine kids, Maine winter kids. So, um, Chad, I'm going to start with you. And as a team captain at WEX, and um, for people listening, WEX has been um, really a fundraising powerhouse at the Downhill 24. WEX obviously is very committed to philanthropy beyond winter kids. But tell me um, a little bit about, number one, how you became involved in the event, and number two, why you think WEX is so successful at fundraising um, for the Downhill 24. Sure, yeah. Um, so how I became involved uh, four or five years ago, I was pulled into it when the event was still about going as fast as humanly possible throughout the middle of the night. I think people knew that I didn't mind going uh, quickly and they gave me like the 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. shift because I was the newbie. Um, and since then, it's it's obviously grown. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, since then, it's grown. Obviously, as you said, we have four teams at WAX heavily engaged. It, it actually really ballooned into something that became quite a thing. People have been calling me and asking me if we're going to do it again and I'm super excited about it. You know, um, how do we, why is it so successful at WEX? Well, I mean, WEX obviously really does embrace philanthropy. They give us two you know, uh, paid days off a year to volunteer. This is you know, considered one of them. Um, and they give us you know, a platform uh, through our, our philanthropy and, and giving back programs to message the whole community if we want to, to engage. We've got lots of, you know, we have internets and newsletters and things like that that we share information on. And so they really do give us the tools uh, above and beyond just email um, to, sh- to share what we're doing, why we're doing it, and why it matters. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And Eric, um, Ace Painting is one of the event sponsors, and you also have a team. And if I, if memory serves me correctly, which it usually does, I will admit, I'm pretty sure your daughter was um, the first year at Sugarloaf was one of the top um, fundraisers for kids under eighteen. She was, yeah, um, which is super impressive. And I think she had the first chair at one of the events, so that's awesome. So just tell me a little bit about how Ace got involved with the event and. Um, how you guys can are so successful at fundraising? So we got I I gotta think that was maybe our first year or second year when Hannah was involved, but it was um, I think so. Yeah, it was Jeff Zakow. He reached out and and I, I sadly I didn't know anything really about Winter Kids. Um, so when I got introduced, I did a little bit of research first. And I said, Wow, what an awesome organization! Getting uh, main kids outdoors and just what a great cause. So I kind of jumped in, you know, feet first and, you know, got the kids involved and, and it was such a blast for them. I actually got in trouble last year because Hannah didn't participate, but she will be this year. They're putting a kids team together. So yay for that. Uh, so glad to hear that. Yeah. So, and on the office side, you know, we, we kind of, we got our team the first year and kind of figured our, you know, what we're supposed to do. And now it's like a thing in the office. So the emails are already flying. We, we, we promote the banter inside the office, the competition on who's raising the most money on the team. And uh, it's really a good three months of just, um, you know, fundraising and, and uh, you know, positive banter within the office to get the team and rally the troops. And it's fun to watch the, uh, you know, some of the teammates uh, in the office uh, raise money they, they're kind of nervous in, in the beginning like how am i going to raise because i set a goal for everybody what i want them to do and like how am i going to raise that and uh, uh to watch them do it it's it's, it's pretty fun so it's, it's a good event and happy to be part of it i want to just say listener what eric is wearing right now is his bib from two years ago so he's ready to participate right this second and also i want to say um to you eric and to chad and to everybody else who's listening we have a 
really robust online resource for that exact question. How am I going to raise this kind of money? We have not only information about where the money goes to for winter kids, but also we have like a roadmap to help you um, when you ask 10 people to give $25. That is $250. It gets you halfway to your fundraising minimum. So there's a lot of resources to help you get to wherever you need to go to answer that exact question that everybody's asking. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, we also have uh, a social media toolkit for people to use because um, as you know, as veteran fundraisers of the event, um, social media is a quick and easy way, obviously, to get lots of people involved um, and to spread your own specific message about why you're involved in the event. And I loved hearing you say, oh, well, our team got together the first year and the first year was really to figure out what we were even doing. And we hear that over and over. And so I would encourage anyone listening, if they're new to the event or considering doing it, really one of your best resources are existing team captains because they can sort of show you the ropes on this is how we got started. Um, And it's really fun to see. It's not only fun to see companies um, competing with each other once the event starts, but truly enter, you know, within your own team, listening to say, oh, we love to, you know, razz each other in the office and we have these fundraising goals and see who's where that is happening all over the place. And it's really funny and fun to watch. Um, Obviously friendly competition, but the spirit of competition and generosity um, is alive and well in Maine. So it's fun to to watch you guys do that. What would you say, um, and I'll ask you first, Chad, what, um, what is one of the first things you do as a team captain, um, you know, when a new event year is coming around the corner? And really, when we're, we're um, recording this today on the, in the last week of December, so people are starting to sort of rally the troops and ramp up and get their teams organized. What would you say as a veteran team captain is the first thing you do with your team? Yeah, I mean, well, actually, even before my own team gets together, we hold a like an, an open forum town hall kind of meeting on it. And everyone's invited, whether they participated in the past or not. One funny thing is that because it's so successful and honestly, guys, it's so much fun that, you know, there's so much energy after the event as well that people want to participate. And so we we have a hard time because we have more people who want to do it than we have slots for often. And so I actually love hearing that. Would you like another team? It's really fun. Yeah. So like my team, the only people get on my team is through attrition. They literally, they leave wax and like, they don't work for us anymore. So they, I have some spots. So the first thing I do is I try to lock up my veterans because they know the routine. They know that to be on my team, they have to raise money. It's not just a free day off to go ski. Like it's all about the children. It's all about raising money for the cause. And then I, and then, but I'll also talk about, it's more than just like the, yeah, when you've got hundreds and hundreds of people trying to fundraise, right? That is one of the best possible outreaches for an organization like Winter Kids. Like we are sending personalized messages to our loved ones, to our family members, and whether they donate or not, uh, it's all about education. It's all about you know what you guys do and how you do it. And so again, whether they're going to get a donation from the person or not, we I encourage them to blanket everybody. Like don't be shy, you know, um, especially when you work for a company like Wex, they encourage you to donate, right? In my case, I hit up my vendors, my software vendors. They all, you work with somebody like Salesforce, they all have like a quota where they have to donate so much money. Ask them for it. Um, I also encourage to be the eager beaver. Eric already touched upon it, but my emails are the first to go out. Like I almost sneak them out before we even let people know game on because 
once you once you saturate you know your coworkers, i get a lot of people being like man i just hit up whoever but they said you got to them first and so so be aggressive about it right um and, and be super prideful about what you're doing uh you know talking about again about the program we set artificial minimums they're not mandatory but as a team you know wax sponsors us as a corporation we expect people to raise at least their percentage of that um you know to to compound you know where we're starting um so and then I, I'll, I'll talk honestly i'll talk about knowing your audience right i mean fundraising is is campaigning and it's equal parts you and it's equal parts the cause right and so i mean you know you, you need to be invested in what you're doing. You need to believe in it. Um, I'll talk about segmenting my audience. I don't, you know, I don't send canned emails. Like I will have a specific email for my friends, my college buddies. I'll have an email for my family. I'll have emails for coworkers and I'll send them at different times and, and basic things. I mean, I, I happen to work in marketing analytics and I know the highest rate is at 10 AM, 1 PM and after dinner. And so I'll suggest, guys, don't you may you may write your you know this. Wait, I just want to reiterate that insider inform trading information that was just shared. I know the time know. of day for you to send emails. <laughs> write that down: yeah. nine a.m., one p.m., and <laughs> after dinner. Everybody take note. Eric's taking notes. Yep, everybody take <laughs> note. That's, we can't. And I was going to yeah. say, well, this is wonderful, Chad. Would you like to be the organization's development director next year? <laughs> but it's true, though. Like, you, know, you might write your email on Sunday night with you know, a glass of wine, but don't send it because then it's going to be in their box on Monday morning and they're going to have to put out three or four fires first. Wait, you know, just wait and know your audience and, um, and have a personalized message that you know, I'll often speak to my friends and family about my role as a father, and then I'll speak to my coworkers about my desire to pummel my other coworkers, right? So there's, you know, you just kind of pull, you pull at the strings of your audience and, and um, it's actually, it's a lot easier to do. Um, and I have a couple different versions, like the too long, didn't read version for the person who I know just wants to hit the button. And then I've got a version that, you know, goes this into some, so some humor and some color for the, you know, for my audience who likes to get a fun, thoughtful email. So um, yeah, put some, put some effort into it because they're going to open their wallet and it's, you know, it's worth it at the end of the day. To, yeah. You know. And I loved hearing you say, you know, well, it's definitely all about knowing your audience, right. And what you say to whom, but what matters most at the root of it is that they know and they can tell from no matter what you say that you're super committed to the cause. And you also sort of are living the mission by participating in the event, which is awesome. Um, and I also, you know, people, you're like, don't be afraid to ask for money. And so many people are. Um, it's just one of those things people do not like to do. And I just having done it myself for 20 plus years, it's just sort of second nature. But really, the absolute worst thing you can get, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen is that someone will say no. Um, and then you just ask again and you move along. Um, and obviously, it's, it's you know, not as simple as that. But it is if you don't ask, you never know, right? Well, they don't even say no, right? They, they just don't respond, which is fine. Maybe they just didn't get the email and you kind of just chalk it up to that, right? So, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, Eric, do you, can you talk a little bit about just because you are, um, you know, you're coming into this event or you or excuse me, you participate in this event um, through Ace Painting. And it's probably a little bit of a different um, approach for you because you're the owner of the company. And so I'm just wondering if you could share a little bit about that in terms of how you get by. Obviously, not all your employees are participating with you, but how you get buy in and sort of walk that fine line as both the employee of the company, but rallying people to want to participate in this type of event and this type of fundraiser. 
So do you mean rallying the employees or getting yeah. rallying people? To, so uh, really educating them in the beginning on what Winter Kids is. And it's, it's an easy sell, right? Everyone uh, wants to participate in this. And to Chad's, what you mentioned earlier, we're in the same boat where we have a limited slot of, of participants. So we allow, I guess, 11 employees plus me to participate in this. And um, so we, we do have a selection process. And um, so there's a lot of buzz around the office. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, the, the people that aren't participating in it are still watching. It's that exciting. So they, they want to see their teammates or their, their colleagues raise the money and they're supporting them. And so that's a good thing. Um, as far as the fundraising piece, um, you know, I set a goal, whatever it is, if it's your first year doing Winter Kids or it's your, if you're Jason Agrin or Jeff Zakow, set a goal. Um, so that's number one. Number two, get a head start. I am, I am, uh, this is like my bugaboo. I, I am, you got to get out and get a head start because the sooner you start, the more money you're going to be able to raise. So those are like the two head, those are the two things you really want to do first is set a goal and, and, and get a head start. Don't wait to the last week. Uh, I've been known to do that, but <laughs> never mind. But you get, you can still ask in the last week. Let's just say that you can ask up until the very, I, t I take checks on the day up. So keep asking. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I, I am. If you pay attention to my fundraising activity and winter kids, I do my most work the last four days. Yep. Typical, so really as does everyone else. It's so many. We, uh, yeah, it's been incredible to watch the last 48 hours. I would say 90%, yeah, 90% of the income comes in the last 10 days before the event. So it's in, it's early, insane. Um, and each year, you know, there's a little piece of you that gets nervous in your gut thinking, oh my God, what's going on? And then you're like, oh, here we go. We're all set. We're all set because people do it last minute, but it's just incredible to watch that number climb over those last few days. And, you know, you guys were saying that you're, you, when you said, um, Chad, that not only are you asking for money, whether people give or not, it's this huge branding opportunity and storytelling opportunity for the organization itself, which is so true. And just for this event alone, there's, and Mary, correct me if I'm wrong, but all nearly 4,000 individual donors to the event. Um, well, that's what it's been in the past. It's probably going to be more this year. Double that maybe even this year. <laughs> because right. we're going to get so, our goal. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not any, yes, we have the Jeff um, Zakows and the Jason Agrins of the world raising these huge amounts for their team, although they have, they have people trailing them, so they better watch out. But they, you know, what really um, makes the event what it is, is that we have these thousands of people giving $25, $100 gifts, right, to add up to the total. That's what really matters, and that's who that's who grows an event like this. So I, every penny counts, truly. Um, I just want to switch a little bit to asking each of you, and Eric, I'll start with you. As um, veteran participants of the event, um, what, do you, what is your favorite part of the event? I'm sure there are many because, as you both said, it's super fun. It's fun. It's unique. It's not just another golf tournament. It's not, you know, it's a unique thing to participate in and try to challenge yourself to do 24 hours. So what would you say over the course of the 24 hours has been a highlight for you of one of your favorite memories of the event thus far? Well, self, selfishly, the favorite event is, is the day of, you know, the fundraising's cool and the, in the banter and all the smack talk, if you will, leading up to the event. I like giving Jason and, and uh, Jeff a hard time, uh, rightfully so, but it's the day of the event and you actually can, you, you it happens to everybody. I think you kind of step back and see the flags and you see all the businesses and all the sponsors. And it's just a proud moment to see all of the main 
you know, community and business leaders come together and support such a good cause. It's, it's kind of overwhelming when you, when you first see it. And then, you know, in addition to that, we all have a good time and the high-fiving and the camaraderie. It's just, you know, see everybody on the lifts. It's just, it's a, it's a wonderful day. So that's by far my favorite. This is um, one of my favorite, if not the favorite fundraising activities that we do throughout the year. Obviously we support other causes and we're part of other charitable organizations, but this is just, it's unique to see this many businesses um, working so hard um, for one organization. It's just cool to see. Yeah, thank you. I love that. And how about you, Chad? Yeah, I'll add, I mean, our all that is is dead on. At, same, at the same time, um, you know, Wexers, like everybody else, we work hard and we play hard, but we don't often play together. And so to spend a day on the slopes with people, you know, in fine, I'm, you know, in finance or IT and like, you're not with your kids, you're not, you know, fetching snacks and fixing boots. And you're just as like, you're there with other adults and you're having a wonderful time uh, celebrating, you know, your hard work, right. Going into the, into the event. It's, um, it's really, I mean, I, I have happened to be blessed with a condo up here at Sugarloaf and I've got people will crash at my place and they would never otherwise stay here. Right. And so, but then I go back to the office on Monday and like, I've got a great rapport with them. And uh, it's, it's, it's really, really fun um, for a corporation to get behind it. Um, and it's that same vibe, you know, if you do Habitat for Humanity, you build a house together or you're out doing volunteer work and you're cleaning up, uh, you know, an island or a, a beach or a highway. And I don't know, it brings people together doing something like that and doing something like skiing that, you know, the people who do participate love um, is, is really great. And, you, and I think you get a wide range of abilities as well. Our teams have everything from beginners to experts. And, you know, the beginners have bigger smiles than anybody because we're there cheering them on. We're not, you know, it's not a speed. It's not, you know, it's not timed how, how fast you can get down the mountain. Right. And so you just, you have a great time. You relax and it's, it's, I can't, uh, you guys have done a really great job of shaping the structure of it to make it incredibly inclusive and, and really relaxing and fun. Um, I must say so. Uh, kudos to you for that. One of the things I wanted to bring up because you said it is that my first year was the year that we switched over from the individual uh, one person on the mountain at a team as a, at a time to the teams being on for the um the whole time. And so I don't I don't know any different of what it was like in those old days of only having one person per team on the mountain at a time, but the overwhelming feedback we got specifically from the WEX teams was that this was such a great team bonding experience. And we've said it on another podcast, but I wanted to reiterate it here specifically for anybody who might be listening, thinking, why would I want to do this with my company or with why should I advocate for this at my company? It is an incredible team bonding experience, especially for new people, new skiers and for people who may not have, um, done a challenge like this before on their own so um and the, the, everything that you've said so far has been such a great example of that but I did want to just reiterate that it was such a big that was a huge shift that happened when we went from the speed to the endurance part of it so I'm glad that that um is still happening for everybody. Yeah. And I think for people that um, listening that might be considering doing the event, it's important to note that, you know, um, it is, we try to be as inclusive as possible, inclusive as possible for everyone. And it's not a, you know, a lot of people, 
um, look at the event on the periphery and say, I could never do that. I'm sorry. I can't ski for 24 hours, but you don't have to. Um, there's certainly teams that are super competitive, but there's also teams who decide to come up just to ski for a couple of hours, enjoy one of those sunset um, skis to say they skied, you know, on the mountain with the lights for the first time. And then they go and party and listen to music. You know, you, it's really an event that it, it isn't one size fit or it is one size fits all. Excuse me. There's something for everyone. Um, and I love that teams can sort of pick like, oh, you know what? These two would be great for the inflatable obstacle course, but we're certainly not going to send them to the race arena. And it makes your, your team have to be super strategic about who does what in terms of, um, you know, the points that you're accruing through the 24 hours. But I can't say enough good about both ACE and WEX and your support of the event and involvement. Um, you, uh, both teams and both companies bring lots of enthusiasm and main flavor to the event that is so needed and it makes it a lot of fun. Um, we appreciate how competitive you are. So for, I don't know that either of you know this, but I will just say that we, this year, there is an added element, which is, um, you know, well, we have two tracks. There can be daytime only teams or 24 hour teams, but there's also a 24 hour skin up where you get double the points if you hike up and ski down. So, um, talk about endurance. Yep. Eric looks scared. Um, <laughs> the, and you can j thank Jeff Zacco for thank this. Jeff it was Zacco. all his idea mm -hmm. where I'm planning on making signs for, as you climb the mountain that says, thank Jeff Zacco for how you're feeling right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so basically one one hike will give you four points. Instead of two, if you were to- Instead of- Is it to well, one, Go ahead, what? Is it to Bowinkles, the hike? No, no, it's up the same trail. And exact details are TBD, so I can't go into the exact details of it, but it's along the same trail because that's where the lights are going to be. Yep. So, you know, so there might more be to come on that. being but... for an hour, trying it out for the first time. And there might be someone super hardcore skinning up for 24 hours and skiing down. Still remains to be seen if anyone's going to be able to do that. <laughs> I, will, I will not be seen. <laughs> I, yeah. I guarantee you that. I will cheer Ooh. them on every time I see them. Yeah, me too. I'm the Orno sponsor, yeah. happy hour, whatever. Yeah. Ooh, maybe we should get whistles for people to. Oh, that's an idea. So you can be whistling. That was actually a great idea. <laughs> as you're, as yeah. you're on the lift and people are climbing. Back those cowbells. I did love the cowbells. Um, so if you guys, just to sort of wrap up, what would be, um, and Eric, I'll start with you. What would be one piece of advice you'd give to a new team captain about participation um, and getting their team together just one quick piece of advice boy i think i already gave it um would be is the is the start early and, and set a goal uh i guess the other uh, is just have fun don't let the uh the fundraising piece or anything stress you out just you know enjoy it take it all in um do a good job fundraising but you know don't don't let it uh stress you out this is a very fun event and um just make sure you uh you, you keep that positive mojo going with your with your teammates and you'll have a good time that is great advice. And how about you, Chad? Yeah, I think maybe a couple of things that I didn't mention yet. Um, I keep an eye on how my team's doing and, you know, and I'll give a lot of credit and kudos about, hey, you know, I'll shoot random emails to the team. Look at who just got, you know, $400 or, you know, this person hit 20 donors, right? Because again, it's not all about just, you know, the big fish. Um, and then I also CC my team on everything I send, right? I don't expect them to donate to me, but I want them to see the, the velocity that 
I'm engaging my, you know, my people with, and, and they often will, you know, if they want to plagiarize or steal a piece of my email, it makes it easier for them to, you know, maybe take my blurb about what Winter Kids does or whatnot, you know, take the pressure off of them kind of coming up with their own content. Um, and then I, you know, and I, I think those are the big things other than what we've already talked about. Just, just stay engaged and continually remind people about, um, you know, the goal and the mission. And I do, I also, I make my team have an elevator pitch. So then I'll stop them in the hallway and I'll ask them, what does Winter Kids do? And they have to tell me in, in 30 seconds what Winter Kids does. And That's so, impressive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm not, it's not like, I'm not like, you know, <laughs> draconian and crazy about it. But, you know, I, again, I want them thinking. So wait, what does Winter Kids do, Chad? What does Winter Kids do? Well, I like, I just tell that they, it's a, it's an organization that likes to get underprivileged children out side in the winter doing activities and engaging with schools to come up with a curriculum and activities to get kids again outside um and then i always talk about you know how easy it is to just plug kids into devices plug them into whatever um imagine how hard it is i mean we're blessed to be up here skiing but for those who don't have the means to, to do stuff like that I, mean, I, I have struggled getting my kids dressed and out the door imagine if it was you know and i have it as easy as anybody possibly could um, so what you guys do, um, is pretty awesome. So that's kind of my 30 minutes, but you caught me get an, You get an A plus. That was impressive. Was Thank you. You did good. I haven't paused yeah. enough for the 2022 <laughs> season yet, but it will, it will hit its run. Yeah, if, they, if they get it wrong, do they have to do burpees or something? <laughs> yeah. Push-ups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I thank you guys so. both so much for being with us today. And, um, we're so looking forward to seeing you. I'm not going to say it because it stresses Mary out how many days we have until March 4th, but you know, you can figure it out that we're not too far away. So we're excited to see you for the 10th annual and a huge goal of $1 million. So thank you both for being with us. Thanks. We're excited to be part of it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you guys. Hello, everybody. Hello, and we are here today with the one and only Cole Francis. Hi, Cole. Hi. Hi, Cole. Hi, we're so glad you joined us today. So Cole Francis is um, really an integral part of the Downhill 24 in that he is consistently um, one of, if not the highest fundraiser under the age of 18. Um, huge kudos to you, Cole. Uh, we love having you in the mix. Tell me a little bit about um, how you got started with the Downhill 24, how you heard about it, and uh, why you participate. Um, so my dad had done it for a couple years before me, and he got to do a bunch of late night skiing, and I thought that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the only time, the one and only time you can ski at Sugarloaf um, under the lights, so that's pretty incredible. You know, it obviously runs in the family, it must be in the DNA. Your dad, um, when he was on a team before you were, he was actually, um, I think it was in his very first year, was the third highest fundraiser of the entire event. So he certainly has role modeled that for you, I'm sure. Tell, um, tell me a little bit about how your process, as someone who's still in high school, your process of asking people for money and asking them to support your team. Yeah, we've got the bronze bronze boots sitting in our living room. Um, yes, love that <laughs> place of honor. So, a lot of it has just been asking family, friends, and neighbors, and not as much the first couple of years, but the last year and the year before, a lot of it was on social media. Some on my own, a lot of it on my parents. 
Laird friends asking them to put out letters and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it truly shows that the bigger your community, the easier it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you guys live in Dedham, is that right? Yep. Dedham. Good Good on me, huh? That's impressive. So um, what's wonderful about that, and I just know every piece of Maine being a Mainer and growing up here, but... Um, I love that your family is involved in the Downhill 24. Obviously, you're huge um, Sugarloaf supporters, and you're, you know, Sugarloaf is one of your second homes, right, in the winter. Um, but I love that you're from that area of Maine. And for people listening, if you don't know where Dedham is, Dedham is, I think, Hancock County, correct? Uh, yep, yeah, right on the edge of Hancock yeah. and Penobscot, but in Hancock. On the edge of Hancock and Penobscot. So if you head um, down, if you leave Bangor and head through Ellsworth, you can mm-hmm. essentially get to Dedham or before Ellsworth, correct? Before Ellsworth. So my point is just that I love that your family um, is from that area and that we're not just, um, it, it brings another whole community, another whole piece of Maine to the loaf and to this event. And we really love that. So tell, um, tell the people listening what your favorite part of the event is and why. My favorite part really is the late night ski in. Um, it is, it, yeah, one time you get a ski, circle off at night. Um, so it's, I've heard that the, the sunrise moment is pretty special too. So yeah. when you see, when you're seeing the sunrise. So Cole, you've been staying now. I just want to be clear. How old are you? I am 16. 16 years old. And you have been skiing for 24 hours. For how many years? How many years now did you do 24 hours? I think last year was my fourth year. Fourth year. So basically, I started my first year of the Downhill 24 was the first year that it became two runs per hour. um, And really that endurance challenge of doing the full 24 hours. So that was your first year of doing the full 24 hours. That's amazing. So do you have any, I have a question about fundraising and a question about being out there for 24 hours. Which, which one do you want first? We'll go fundraising first. Fundraising. Okay. So going back to talking about asking. So we, um, there's, we've done other podcasts where adults have told us that it's hard to make the ask, to make the ask. Right. So when you actually ask people for money, what is it? Is it for you? Is it hard? And if not, why do you think that it's easy to ask for people, ask people to support you in this mission? Um, it is hard, but also I feel it's a lot easier um, being a kid. People are going to be a lot more apt to help you out than than an adult who potentially competition at, at work or. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, true. You know, that's actually a really great point in that um, obviously it absolutely helps to be a kid, but it also, I think, helps that you are truly a winter kid. So I think for people, when you're asking for money for this type of organization, people see that you are actually living the mission and you are truly a winter kid and you have been um, since, you know, shortly after birth. And I think that resonates with people. Um, you know, you, you sort of are the epitome of a winter kid, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Is there something that you say when you talk to people about and ask them, and I'm asking this from the perspective, if we have some kids listening to this, right. And they're like, what am I even supposed to say about winter kids to try and get people to give money towards this event? Is there something specific that resonates with you about what we do as an organization that you say like this is why I'm raising money for this organization. 
Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I always try to explain that there is a lot of fun to be had outside in the winter, in the cold. You can say bundled up, but there is fun to be had out there. That's exactly right. We like to say at Winter Kids, there's no such thing as bad clothing, bad weather, just bad clothing. And that's essentially what it sounds like you're saying here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you would agree, Cole, that because of your family and that your parents have are winter enthusiasts and they're sugar loafers and it was it was natural for you to then become one too and you know we always talk at winter kids about how it's often the parents are the harder sell not the kids in terms of families that are not getting outside because winter is fun and kids love it and if we can motivate the entire family to get out um it makes it much more it makes it much easier for kids to then become winter it become a habit for them to be outside in the winter and i think your family is a perfect example of doing just that we do, we do like doing a lot outside yeah and i think you're probably an all season family in that way which is very cool you know you find something to do outside um all um all four of the wonderful seasons in maine so do you um let's just turn a little bit to this coming year so as you know it is the 10 year anniversary we are aiming to raise $1 million, which is crazy, but so doable. And you will be integral to that and making that happen in terms of your team. Do you have any secrets in your back pocket? Are you building a new team? Are you coming out with the big guns? No pressure. Uh, what are you looking forward to most, I'd say, about getting back on the mountain this year for the Downhill 24? I'm looking forward to having a new team. Last year, I was um, getting done with some of my... Getting done a, a security group of a program, the Bubble Cuffers, and so that was okay because we were still all kind of, still kind of close. Um, after that, but I'm looking forward to doing it with some new friends from home. Oh, I can't wait! That is awesome. We love it when you bring new people in the mix. Just so you know, the seventeen it's seventeen and under now, so you don't have to be an adult all adult team. So you can go for that kids cup. Perfect. We're getting it. Yeah, I don't doubt that for a second. Those are fighting words. I can't wait. Yeah, (laughs) let's go. You need another trophy in your living room. That is awesome. Now, (laughs) I also um, would like you to give your dad a message and let him know that it's about time he got a team going again because I know how um, great he is at fundraising for our organization and we'd love to see him out on the mountain. So you make sure you tell him I said that. I'll make sure to tell him, but I'm sure he'll he'll be listening. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course he will. Wait, I had my other second question about okay. the 24 oh, hours. Oh, sorry, Mary. So this one is, <laughs> this is just, do you have a specific technique that you can share with the listeners on how to stay out there for the full 24 hours? Do you do you dance at the Mid-Mountain Party? Do you get some of that pizza and donuts? and that gives Do you sleep you for 20 minutes every hour? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a lot of sleeping on the chairlift. Um Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Sleeping on the chairlift. <laughs> Honesty <laughs> is the best policy here. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of sleeping on the chairlift and also trying to get out and enjoying some of the other, the mid-mountain party out. Yeah. Dancing about, having fun. Good. Summers else. Good, good, good. We are, per- we're calling in a 35 degree day. For the downhill day and night. <laughs> Sun shining. That would be great. The beautiful bluebird sky. Mm-hmm. And just really, just really beautiful the entire time. That's what I'm calling in for you, Cole. Okay? 
So it'll I be hope. beautiful for the full 24 hours. Are you excited to get back to 24 hours? Because last year I you weren't able to do it. Yeah. Had a lot of fun last year, but I am really looking forward to the, yeah. awesome. uh, the 24 hours. We actually love to hear that because um, what we thought would happen, which did, was when we had to do our pandemic version in daytime only, there were a few people that, no names mentioned, said to us, oh, I really love that daytime track. Can we keep that going? <laughs> so they didn't have to stay up all night. But I'm, I'm so excited to hear that you're ready for it. And truly, um, we love having you as part of this event. You're, you know, when we have kids that are participating, when we have kids participating, that's the best thing we could ask for. We hope, what we hope for every year is more and more kids teams. And we couldn't ask for a better role model in you in um, showing what it's like to participate and be, um, a great participant, a great role model, and most importantly, an awesome fundraiser. So thank you so much. Thank you. That really means a lot to hear from you guys. Yeah, we, yeah love, we love you. We love having you involved. So make sure that this is, once you turn over to the adult group, you plan on sticking around for a long time, okay? Oh yeah, okay. I sure do. Okay. That's crazy to think that's only two years away. So let's not even go there. Um, thank you so much. We can't wait to see you in March. Um, get your... Get your asking ready and your social media ready, and we'll see you March 4th. I should probably know when the date is. Okay, I'll do that for the next time. Okay, thank you so much, Cole, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to Winter Kids Downhill 24 10th Anniversary Podcast, proudly presented by Swenson & Company. If you would like to learn more about the Downhill 24, have questions, or want to create your own team to join us March 4th through 5th, 2022 at Sugarloaf, check out d24.org or email us at downhill24 at winterkids.org and we'll get right back to you. The Winter Kids 10th Annual Downhill 24 is proudly presented by Agron. 